Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, a show where we discuss trends, pop culture, and the pressures of the C-suite, because at the end of the day, everything is an ad. I am Luz Corona, Adweek Community Editor, here accompanied, as always, by my lovely co-host, Rebecca Stewart, our Europe Brand Editor. Bex, how are you today? I'm good, Liz. It's really quiet in Europe at the moment. Everyone's gone off on holiday, apart from me. Oh, nice. So, it's the calm before the storm. Okay, yeah. I know. I love the emptiness. Good. I hope you enjoy that. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> well, today we have a special guest, and it's it's a topic that we haven't really covered, but obviously it's very prominent in our industry. Um, and we're talking about the pressures of the C-suite today, and our guest is Tara Reed, CEO of Havas Formula, which is the PR agency for the Havas Network. Tara, hello and welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me, Luce and Rebecca. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. Yeah, and I know we were picking your brain a little bit so I'm before we started recording, um, so definitely eager for our listeners to hear about the pressures of the C-suite today, but I think it, it'd be a little helpful to kind of hear about your journey a little um, on your way to the C-suite, because we've heard of so many different kinds of journeys, and there's no exact blueprint, so I would love to hear a little bit about what it's been like for you for your climb to the top. Absolutely, and, and it's, so, it's so true. There's not one blueprint, and I would say mine um, might be a little different than than many. So I've been with Havas Formula for just over 15 years, um, really just kind of started my PR career there. And I would say, you know, well, while many CEOs go to business school, have the MBAs, I was a journalism major. I was a journalism major. I realized that I really wanted to be in public relations. And I started by just wanting to learn and do everything I could in PR. I wanted to be the best PR practitioner there was. I wanted to make sure that I knew all about brand reputation 
guide CEOs, guide brands, tell brand stories. And that's really what I did for 15 years at Havas Formula. Um, I started in our San Diego office, and then um, we were acquired by Havas in 2014. And shortly after, um, my boss at the time, our founder and chairman, said, you know, being part of Havas, we really want to create what is called this village model, where a brand goes to Havas and they can get PR, creative media. And there wasn't PR in the Chicago Havas office. So I actually moved from San Diego. I opened our office in Chicago. I expanded this into an entire Midwest region where I was president. Um, and that's kind of, you know, how I became CEO. Um, it was about a year ago, actually, where our now chairman, um, you know, came to me as well as I have a colleague, um, Adrian Kadina, who oversees, she's CEO of our experiential and activation division. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to step down. I'm getting ready to talk about my succession plan. And I really want you to take on this role as CEO. And I think that, again, you know, um, a lot of more agencies are bringing people from within, which is nice. Um, and I, I mean, I know the good, the bad, the ugly of the agency. I've been there through so much, so much change, good and bad. Um, but just, I think, really understanding the people that are there, you know, having those connections, knowing those brands, it just, it really kind of made for, I, I think, a, a natural progression for me. Um, and it's been something that I was thinking about, you know, moving to Chicago, moving my family from San Diego, being really part of the Havas network um, really set me up for the success as well, just knowing, I think, where my future is going to land. Mm-hmm. And, and that's amazing, Tara. You know, you said you've been there over 15 years. Yes. And just before we, we came on, we were talking about like the average kind of tenure of a CEO is between five and nine years versus a CMO, which is 39 months now, I think. Um, you know, you've, you've been there a long time and you've seen a lot of change. Like how have the kind of C-suite priorities shifted in that time? Oh, that's a great question. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that actually from two perspectives. The first is purely leadership. Um, I would say that, you know, when, when I took over the role or when I was pretty close to knowing that I was going to be taking on this role, I started reading leadership books and, and starting trying to figure out how I wanted to structure my own leadership. And I landed on three pillars. Um really about growth, people, and culture. And that's kind of how I started, you know, doing everything that I did from a leadership perspective. And I would say, you know, 10 years ago, growth was that number one priority, I would say, for the C-suite, right? But as the workplace has evolved, as the workforce has evolved, we're at a place now where growth people and culture are absolutely on equal footing. I mean, potentially you could say culture and people are even more of a priority right now. And I would say around that same time, a headline caught my eye that said, leaders drive culture, culture drives people, people drives business. And I think that really accurately sums up priorities these days. Now, looking at that answer through the lens of a PR practitioner, which is my background, I would say these days, the C-suite has so much more to think about in terms of brand, right? Brand reputation, brand management, positioning, messaging, any kind of communication that's going into market, where in the past, that probably would have all been managed by a CMO. It has to have a full court press of dedication from an entire C-suite these days because of everything that's happening right now and culture, and they just all have to understand what's happening with their brand. So I think that's such a big priority these days, in addition to growth, in addition to their people, it's really managing their brand. Yeah, Tara, I like what you said about it being like a whole team effort and 
and everybody all hands on deck really to protect the brand itself. Um, so that, that leads me to the next question. So in today's world where cancel culture is as prevalent as ever, what are ways that leaders can kind of carefully navigate the slippery slope while still tr- staying true to brand beliefs and the overall mission? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's it's so interesting. I was thinking about, you know, when I first entered the PR world 15 years ago, um, what it meant to have something go viral, right? And it was like, we had to worry about a snarky headline or a bad product review or something that we were trying to get, you know, coverage for one of our clients and it just didn't go right. And not to say that there weren't crises, because there were, you know, I've definitely been through quite a few of them, but it would be waking up and seeing many online article headlines or something being covered through, um, you know, many different local broadcast segments. But again, with the just how rapid social media has really expanded and just living in such a digital first world nowadays, um, you know, just news spreads, anything spreads. So I think number one, every word matters these days, right? And not just words, it's every picture, it's every caption, it's every piece of communication. And so what I would say is that first first of all, leaders need to ensure that their PR teams and their PR agencies have a seat at the table early and always. You know, back in the day, it might be, hey, here's a campaign. We want you to get earned press around this. What can you do? Now we need to be sitting there when that idea is just a little spark in a creative's mind. We need to be there when that first, you know, thought of the idea is on a whiteboard to say, eh, you know, we need to push at it. We need to pull. We need to question it. As it's being built out, your PR teams are the ones that are going to um, really play that devil's advocate. And, you know, if they're either going to say yes, they're going to say no, they're going to champion it for you. So having those PR teams there from the beginning is so important. Um, And then I would also say, you know, really the answer is actually in your question. And that's these days, whatever you do, you have to make sure that you are laddering back up to your brand's mission and philosophy. And it has to be all in. It has to be all in these days. Consumers are too savvy. They are, we all know, they are, you know, rewarding brands with their wallets that are the closest to their values. They are not okay with just, you know, one little post there, one mention of, you know, happy pride. They want to know what a company is doing that's in their DNA. And so I think, you know, again, working with their PR teams, working with PR leaders, brands can understand what has to happen holistically. And we'll be the ones to say, can't just be this one-off, one and done. If you want to stand for something, you have to really go all in. So I think just, again, working with their PR teams from the beginning makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you you mentioned as well earlier that the CEO is becoming like an increasingly public figure for companies. You know, they're more than just yes. a spokesperson. After the Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light kind of saga earlier this year, they drafted out their US CEO to kind of speak on national TV about that. Like, what would be your one piece of advice for someone stepping into this, what is now a very public role? You know, it goes back to what I said earlier, where every word matters. Everything is scrutinized these days. And again, if you are going to stand up for something, you have to say something and you have to be all in. I think it is interesting, again, looking 10 years ago, I would say many PR teams and agencies would probably advise CEOs to, you know, skirt around issues. And we want you to be authentic, but you need to just be factual. Don't, you know, step in anywhere. Don't pick a side. And it's really interesting to see how that 
has changed. And you're right, Rebecca, a, a, a CEO now is truly a face of a brand. So if that CEO wants their brand to stand up for uh, an issue or stand for something, it could be anything. Again, that spokesperson or that CEO has to be all in as well. And it's not just one quote, right? It is a commitment. It is what that brand is doing in its DNA. So I I like to tell our CEOs, again, if you want to speak on something, if you are going to be vocal in the press, you have to be ready. You have to be committed and you have to not back down. So it's not just your typical key messages. It's really getting personal. It's putting a stake in the ground. It's really, um, again, standing up for something. And then honestly, too, in this day and age, as it relates to earned media, that's what the press are looking for. And it doesn't have to necessarily be something that's a controversial issue, but they are looking for CEOs to, to speak their mind, to be personal and to actually take a stand. Yeah, I love that. To take a stand, right? Every word yeah. matters. I think that's the best like takeaway from this whole conversation. Um, so... Another uh, topic that's been really important and just really part of the chatter these days, especially for the C-suite, is, you know, there's still a lack of diversity at the top, especially in our industry. What can businesses do to not only encourage more diverse talent into the C-suite, but also make sure that they're kind of set up for success, right? Like retaining talent is also just as important. Yeah, agreed. You know, we've we've certainly made strides. I I would say... 10, 15 years ago, if I was in the same position then, would I be CEO of Havas Formula? A female, you know, again, don't have a business degree necessarily. So I think things have changed. But yes, we have uh, a long way to go. Um, and, And it takes us as leaders to be continuously looking for that next crop of leaders. So I would say a few things. One, we have to look for talent in different places. Again, we don't necessarily have to go to the business schools, the MBA programs. How else can we be fostering talent that we know can make a difference in the C-suite? So that's number one. Really kind of bringing, I would say, our industry to these underrepresented groups, whether it's through workshops or seminars or going to different college campuses. So starting really at either that student or entry level. And then once they get into the industry, once they get to an agency, it's really, I think what you were saying, Luz, cultivating that growth path for them, that career plan. What does it look like? So you come in as an entry level, whatever, you know, in the PR world, it could be a PR assistant, an account coordinator. What would your path be to the C-suite? Having your HR teams, having your C-suite, have those conversations with talent early and often, and then mentorship. I am a huge proponent of mentorship, whether it's within that agency, throughout a network, going outside to make sure that these people are continuously you know, having those conversations, getting that advice to continuously move up. Um, But in the end, it's going to take more of those leaders to show others that, you know, that they can become that. You know, I think it goes back to that saying representation matters. So having more people that look like you, that act like you in the C-suite, hopefully will continue to encourage others to say, okay, that can be for me. Yeah, I love what you're saying there, like coming back to the idea of, you know, you can't be what you can't see. And yet it's definitely like something that needs to change. And something else you mentioned too, which I love, is this idea of like your career doesn't need to be, you know, entirely linear. Sometimes it will be horizontal and there's different paths to CEO. So I love that. And I have more questions. But before that, let's break for a quick word from our sponsor. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth. 
your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Um, so, Tara, I was doing a little bit of reading um, before, before a chat, and something I came across in an interview that you said was that CEOs need to lead with empathy. Um, that's a word we hear quite a lot, especially post-pandemic and when we're talking about leadership. But can you maybe talk a little bit about why that skill, uh, that quality rather, is so important to you as a leader? Absolutely. I think, one, it's so interesting, too, to see, especially since the pandemic and over the last five to ten years, how interesting and how different of a priority soft skills have become in general for CEOs. So yes, empathy, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but resilience, communication. Yes, CEOs need to know numbers. They need to be focused on growth, but there are so many other soft skills these days that, again, are of equal importance. And it kind of goes back to that headline that I was talking about earlier where, you know, leaders drive culture, culture drives people, people drive business. So by leading with empathy, you are feeling for your people. You are putting yourself in their shoes. You are understanding their challenges every day. You are inspiring them to do their best work, to be innovative, and then ultimately deliver the best business results. So empathy is, I would say, one of the best business drivers you can you can have. Um, and, and I'm just someone that I want to make sure that I am establishing those connections with my people because I know also people work for people. I want people to come here to have the best experience they can. And again, then ultimately deliver the best output they can. So absolutely 100%, I would say, Empathy to me is probably the most important skill for a CEO to have and use. Yeah, for sure. Your employees are your brand ambassadors, so you've got to like keep them happy. And I think that's such a great outlook. Absolutely. Yeah. So I um, I have a, a question for you. I'm going to ask what career lesson or role has equipped you the most for this role of CEO. But I, I'm saying like in your whole life, like I'm talking Mm -hmm. about jobs that you had as a teenager, like anything, you know, or even just in your personal life, like what is it from your life um, that has equipped you the most for where you are today? Oh, that that is a great question. And you're right. There's so many facets of life. I mean, I could say motherhood, (laughs) you know, I'm the mom of two small boys and I think patience. 
um, is something that you learn um, specifically as a mom. And I've really brought that to my role of, of CEO. But I think what's interesting, you know, from more of that professional lens is being in PR, where we are today, where, like we were saying earlier, every day there is some probably some kind of like PR minefield or something that CEOs have to face. And it's interesting being a CEO who is has that PR background. I've helped guide CEOs throughout my career. I've helped them shape their own narratives, shape their brand's narratives, be able to navigate challenges, but be able to also you know, position their brand in a very positive way. I mean, I don't want to lose the fact that PR really is about storytelling and, you know, setting up brands for success and doing good. So I feel like being able to have guided CEOs along the way has put me in a really good spot right now where I know how I have guided them, that I can kind of take all of that into consideration. Um, But again, yeah, from the personal side, probably, you know, just being a mom has really level set me. And also just keeping things in perspective, you know, that there's a saying, it's PR, not the ER. I think that's something that, you know, we have to remember, but as well as, as being a CEO of a PR agency. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. And also moms just get stuff done. Like Yes, that 100%. too. I know. It is funny. People are like, how did you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I just did it. You just do yeah. it. That's, it that's the so whole true. take on motherhood. You just got to get it done. Like this is what Rebecca and I talk about all the time. It's so true. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like it activates a part of your brain that just didn't exist before yep. also on autopilot. But yeah, that that's great advice. Great advice. And like hopefully, you know, you've been um, a Habas Formula for a long time and hopefully you'll be CEO for a long time too, Tara. But, you know, whenever your journey does come to an end, what would you like people to remember you for in your time as CEO? Oh, I love that question. Um, I would say I, I would love people to remember me by helping to create future leaders in PR. You know, I like to consider myself a teacher. I want people to, however long they stay at Havas Formula, leave saying that they learned a ton, that they learned a ton. And even more important than that maybe is that I created an environment where people could come to work and thrive, where they felt inspired, where they wanted to do good work, where they felt empowered. um, And where at the end of the day, they could leave and say, you know what? I really liked going to work and I like what I did. And I feel like I made a difference. If I can make people leave feeling that, then I think my job is, is done. Oh my gosh. That's so lovely. That is so yeah. lovely. We love a leader who wants to support the the workers. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I can tell you from being agency side too for a bit, like it's it's just that's so important to feel, especially from a, a leader. And I always call agency life the school of hard knocks. It taught me like yes. everything that I needed for my career. I feel like it was a good base. So it's it's great to hear that's something you want to keep up. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So before we wrap, I have one last question for you. So we have a new CEO starting next week, and we're excited for him to join us, Will Lee. Um, first 90 days. I can't even imagine what his calendar is going to look like, what his meetings are going to look like. What do you have any advice for him on how to tackle these first 90 days or anything to keep in mind? You know, I would say how I tackled my first 90 days. I think the most important thing to do is just to listen, right? It's just to kind of understand what's happening at that level, meet people, listen, really take it all in. Um, and, and I would say, because what I had to tell myself was, you know, he has to give himself grace 
give yourself grace when you're starting. Of course, you want to tackle so many things, um, but it's it truly is baby steps. And I think the most important thing over the first couple of months is really just to listen and hear from your people. You can hear what's working, hear what's not, um, but just be a sponge and soak it all in. And then once you have, you can say, okay, what are the things that you know I want to maybe enhance or improve or change a little bit? But you took that time to really listen to your people and kind of understand the foundation first. I love that. Be a sponge and have grace on yourself. And then do you have any advice on like how we can help him uh, be better? Like for those first 90 days? Yeah. Just how how can we make a good impression? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Or like Um, the staff, the whole team, how can we help him make it easier? Support. I mean, reach out. I loved when people, when I kind of, you know, did my first introduction and I did a little roadshow. I went to our different offices and the people that reached out to me to say, can I set up some one-on-one time with you? Just, and ask that, what do you need? What can I provide you? What can I tell you about my job, my work, my point of view on the company? I love that. I love hearing from people. Again, I'm in PR, so I'm a people person, but I really loved learning uh, about my team, my agency, more people. And of course, I've been here, so I know so many of them, but just from a different perspective, because I'm looking at it through the lens of a CEO. So I loved just the people reaching out to me to say, what can I do and how can I help you? Excellent. All right. So there you go. Yeah, we got to get on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tara, this was so lovely. Thank you so much. I mean, we can just tell you're such a great, strong leader. And we thank you mm-hmm. for, for joining us and sharing some of your wisdom. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this tremendously. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. Rebecca, thank you for just being yourself. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.